0: So, hello and welcome to Coffee and Crits. I'm your host, Aaron Washington, and here I got a guest back again. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, this is the first time you' back with the new setup, so yeah, very professional. How yeah, man. It? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're doing big things.
1: We're on, on the up. Yeah, man. Started from the bottom.
0: You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> There's no place else but the top. <laughs> I feel like they like the bit in the cream, in the cream rise, rise, rises from the top. Okay. But uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, we've been doing campaign stuff for a while now, and uh, but there's a part of the campaign that really is is part of the campaign, but it's not actually like running it. But it helps you run, right? These yeah. kind of things help. Um, yeah. They're not necessarily, you know, there's a lot of, some people say you got to have them. Some people say you don't need them. You know, it's very different. Every table has its own flavor. And we're talking about props.
1: Props, minis, props, terrain, terrain, maps.
0: Maps. Uh, the Chessex map and you know other yeah, kind of things. That uh, good stuff. You know, D comes out with like spell effect pieces now. Like, there's so much. Oh yeah, crazy stuff for the game yeah. nowadays.
1: And then there's all kinds of stuff you make yourself. Whether you're going like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like Black Magic Craft or Wylocks Armory on YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. They do a lot of crafting video. DM Scotty.
0: Yeah. You know, like,
1: so you could handcraft a yeah, lot of stuff. Yeah,
0: because like I-, I see people who have like these these table setups. And it looks like they just built, like, uh, their own city. Mm-hmm. And you see them just kind of, like, pull out a, hit a button. I see fog. And I'm like, that's real cool. But all <laughs> I can think of is, mm, I can't put in that much work for <laughs> one city. Yeah. We got to be in that city for years. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's it's different for everybody.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a lot of it that, like, you go, th- there's extremes. There's, you know, you have people like that that build this entire city and everything's painted up. Yeah. And they have it. You know, it looks like it's almost like model railroading at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, you like, know? or like the, 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 the model towns that people used to have yeah. in their basements, which I mean, like, if you have that kind of meticulous skill, that's awesome. Yeah. I just know I can't do that.
1: Yeah. And the other end of that extreme is theater of the mind where, you know, that's, you got your character sheet and some dice and. What? You,
0: know, you, you need, you need a map. What? It's yeah. all in your head. Yeah. Imagination. Imagination.
1: Uh, no, we don't have the rights to that song. No, we don't. We can't, we can't. We can't. <laughs> we can't.
0: I was like, "Well, I can sing an Imagine Dragon song, that has nothing to do with imagination." I was um, like, I
1: "Can't stop the friction." Okay, um, but you know, and and then uh, there's I think the most common place is the place in between where you're using a chess X map and maybe some minis. Yeah, um, some
0: some are some are just some are just you know pieces. Because I know my first um, I guess use of minis. Because when we first started playing D&D, we really uh, didn't have any, like, there was no hobby shop where I was at, actually. We bought the books out of a pawn shop. Oh. So there was no, um, there was nothing. Like, we didn't... Somebody
1: had to pawn their D&D books. Yeah. That's sad.
0: Yeah, like, we, we uh, like, I mean, I forgot how much we bought them. They were, they were like, super cheap. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about how we didn't realize that we were using d- different editions. But <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, we eventually like, we, we took, when we like was reading it, we are like, oh, this needs to be on like a one inch grid. We took a giant, we just bought a poster board and we used, uh, uh, like, uh, one of my friends was, uh, in like the art department of the college. And we used like these ink markers that kind of cut in just a bit okay. on the poster board. And we measured out with the, to, on the giant art board and we, and we mark and we drew in the one inch lines. Oh, okay. And then uh, after we did that, um, we, we we went to uh, the little stones that go in the bottom of flowers. Mm-hmm. We used those. Yeah, that was our that was our first.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times, like as a DM, you know, you wind up using, you know, a, a little pack of D sixes, mm-hmm. bad guys. You know,
0: <laughs> so they're numbered. I mean, just yeah. so you can name them, like these are orcs one through six, and I've used different colors like. Like, oh, the blue dice are the fighters, the red dice are the sorcerers, the yellow dice are the archers. So you're fighting yellow three, so archer number three. And I mean, that also just makes it easy on you. Uh, or like the ones you had that had the numbers on the guys.
1: Yeah, I know. I was just going to say that those little paper guys that I got, mm-hmm. you know, those are I used sprites from um, Final Fantasy three, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy six, if you want to be technical. But I used uh, sprites from those so that they have a front side and a back side, and they were little folded paper minis. Mm-hmm. and I numbered all of them, and I've got those guys in like ten different colors, so yeah. I could make a bunch more if I needed to. But those are, you know, they're good little generic bad guys. I yeah. did the same thing with uh, the imps from Doom at one point. Mm-hmm. When yeah, we, when we needed them for. And a then, hell
0: the, game. then the yeah, the big demon <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember the those.
1: Baron of Hell was the big one. Yeah. Um, You know, because you crib stuff from everywhere. Yeah, like there's,
0: I I never feel like when it comes to those things, there's like one right answer. I think like the more you play, then like the more you want your own personalized stuff. You know, and it it wasn't available then, but it's available now. Like, I mean, stuff can now just be printed. You know, like you know, a few years back, that was not a thing. That was not a normal thing. Like you ordered it from a special shop if you wanted an arm and a leg for it, right? now it's more it's so much more common now there's like everyone's doing that kind of stuff which we're going to actually do a whole episode about uh printing and stuff like that for tabletop games so please look forward to that
1: 3d printing is its own rabbit hole
0: and uh you know i don't know if you actually listen to the podcast but i, I love you man <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are
1: you know who, yeah you know who you are you, know who you he, are. he doesn't hate you he likes you you're my fine. favorite
0: print guy I have more than one print guy, so I'm not gonna say you're my only print guy, but you're my favorite. <laughs> you're my so, special print guy. Okay, <laughs> so
1: he's my bestest friend. So he's my he's he's my realest print. But I mean, it's just like anything else, and we were talking earlier about styles of play. Yeah, some people like if some if if you're playing with people that want a lot of tactical combat, you maybe you need a, th- a one inch grid. Maybe yeah, you need yeah. some terrain. I mean,
0: um, and definitely when it comes to I feel like sometimes it like some monster abilities, some spell abilities, having a map just helps work that out.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: if someone is throwing, you know, a line that can move, you know, that's like 60 feet, but they can cast it 120 feet away. And there are allies up there as well. I kind of need to know where they are. Cause I want to know where I can start that line and like how many guys I can hit. Yeah. So there is like a, a definite like tactical, I guess, uh, reasoning. Yeah, Isn't I think the word I want to do spatial awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for spatial things, there's that kind of tactical uh, knowledge that a, that a map comes into play necessarily. For accessories. because I mean we've all kind of fudged our way through it before without yeah. having it. But um, I don't know. Like, I remember one time I used like kill, like uh, like in my diet in my like peace box right now. There's, like, four sets of Clue pieces for, like, different editions of Clue. Oh, okay. Like, those a little are,
1: uh, Generic... Mm, excuse me. Just generic pawns.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, not just that, but then, like, the ones where they're actually little people. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I got the ones that are, like, metal. Yeah. So, I have, like, f- like different sets. And, you know, Clue's been expanded, like, four I times. I think I the
1: race car and the thimble from Monopoly in there, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you probably did, dude. I, <laughs> I mean... I mean, I know some people who use, like... Um, I want to be the race car. The uh, Warhammer minis. Yep. Some people use those.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of crossover between everything. hmm You know? But it's, it, it's what works best for you. Yeah. How much work you want to put into it. Yeah. You know, if you want to just use the Chess X map. Personally, and, and I do some 3D printing too, but personally, I think the best solution, the simplest solution is a printed paper map yeah under, under a piece of plexiglass
0: yeah that, actually you're one of like the first people i play with who did that
1: yeah i had a gm uh uh his name is chris too that that uh he was the first one that i'd seen do that uh-huh. and that works really well because then you you can actually have you know a, a fancy quote-unquote map down you know and and i go to a, a local printing place um, i don't know if he still works there marshall worked there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um but and i get those things printed like a you know, 30
0: by 30 map for like, yeah, I actually, um, for, for my last game, like, which, uh, I, I've done a combination of, of things. Uh, I do have the Chessix map. Um, there are some times where I just need them on the grid and I just draw like the box. Okay. This is the room you're in position yourselves accordingly. He is here. Position yourselves in the room. Yeah. And then we begin combat. You know, um, I used to be a person who drew out every area and I just don't do that anymore. I know people who do, and I know people who love doing it. I just, I don't know. It's just over time. Um, I don't do it for like, a like if you're in a home, like I, I can, I spatially just describe the home as we go through it. Um,
1: if you're in a setting where combat is unlikely to occur, you probably don't. Need
0: yeah, that. you can probably get away with just like doing that, or just using like the the chessic square for yeah. if you specifically need to design a room. Now, if you're doing stuff with traps, that comes with its own yeah stuff. Um, now, the last dungeon I ran before uh, the, the, the vid hit. Uh, why am I calling it the vid? Oh, I'm calling it the vid because it's a freaking Kevin Hart special. That's why I'm calling it the vid. <laughs> but uh, the last um, dungeon I ran, I used your dungeon tiles, mm. right? So, here's the thing. Like, I had no idea what kind of sizes I could make. Um, I just had all these cool tiles that kind of snap together. You could put them together. So, what I did was I went on my table and I built, I built a floor. I took a picture of the floor, put the picture on my computer, labeled rooms, and wrote stuff in. Oh, cool. Then I refigured it, took a picture of the floor, and then did that again. And that's how I did the, each floor of the dungeon. So I actually had a picture of the dungeon and then what I'm doing is after they clear a floor, I'm just re-putting the thing, reorganizing the piece. And that actually worked out really well. Yeah. See, doing it doing it that way worked a out. The trap better.
1: you could fall into there though is that it could take too long to reset. Yeah between encounters or between floors of a dungeon or stuff like that. So that's another part of the balance that you have. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Like what I did essentially... Well, to start with... uh, Essentially, I had like the smaller rooms laid in the bottom already together neatly. Okay. So like when they started, it was like the floor was there. Yeah. Kind of deal. Um, The dungeon did have some really nasty traps and stuff in it. So that floor... It, it it almost took like a session to get through the floor. I mean, and this floor had multiple rooms. I mean, you had enough for like a really solid. Yeah, setup. there's a lot of tiles in that box. Yeah, so like um, by the and time we complete set. so like by the time we got through uh, that floor, it was almost done for the day, and then I was good. And then there was the second floor that got through much faster. So what I did was the other two floors had uh, similar rooms. So that way I didn't have to take the whole I've okay. designed so I didn't have to take the whole thing apart. So I kind of just flopped a few pieces and then yeah. slid stuff and I was like, ah, now it looks like mm-hmm. this. <laughs> you yeah. know.
1: There's a lot more parts for that set that I still gotta
0: print. Yeah. I mean now I got the I got the boat pieces, which I'm like, I'm painting, but I'm so slow. I'm so slow yeah. at, at painting. Cause I mean like which is another thing that comes up. Like some people like with minis and stuff, because a lot of minis come blank with no paint on them. And a lot of people are super, you know, intimidated by painting, which I was. I too. am. I, I, was, I was at first, too. And I'm not... I'm slowly getting better. I'm not the best. But I've, I have finally, like, I've made pieces now that I can look at them and, like, I could take to somebody's house and put it on the table. Like, yeah, this is my character. Yeah. <laughs> like, my first few, like, oh, like, the like, I have a Dragonborn paladin that I painted. And uh, he doesn't come out because he... Looks like looks like a looks like a, like a like a deformed something I don't know man it just <laughs> looks bad, but I mean it just comes with time and patience and you.
1: and I've got you, a whole box of unpainted minis at home. It
0: That's, just comes with repetition, yeah, dude.
1: Stuff that I've printed, so it's like God. I, I
0: want to now. I kind of want to just look through your box of unprinted minis. Oh, it's
1: all NPCs and a bunch of aquatic bad guys, or aquatic monsters for yeah. some reason. Because uh, you had mentioned running an aquatic campaign. Yeah, unprinted.
0: I want to run a pirate. I want to run a pirate themed yeah. uh, game. So. so, yeah, that's cool, man. Mm. <laughs> like, but, you know, the like, but I, I wasn't a painter. Like, I didn't paint any figures until I started. And uh, I bought um the Reaper minis because they're, like, really, really cheap. Yeah. And they don't have as much detail on them, even though they're really, like, some of them are really, really nice. But they don't have a lot of detail, so it's not a bunch of little pieces. So I started painting those. To get like more confidence up and slowly learn how to dry brush and slowly learn how to shade, and then you know YouTube videos are a thing yeah, and then over time you know i'm not I'm not like painting those super warhammer army skill under a microscope, but at least like when i when i when I paint a dragon you're like yeah mm mm-hmm, that's a that's a dragon,
1: yeah, I think that uh terrain a lot of times is less intimidating to paint
0: like yes. those
1: tiles I painted them in real simple like two yeah. layers of dry brush yeah because it's it's a lot more forgiving on a larger scale. Yeah.
0: You but know, man, it takes time trees. Like those deck pieces. Ah, oh. ah, <laughs> uh, cause like, w- cause like I prime them. And, uh, as I'm, I'm like, I'm like painting them and stuff. And then like, I'll put a layer on. And I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta put another layer on. Then I remember, you know, once I put that gloss on, it's going to look brighter. I need them to look darker. So I need to make this a little darker now. So that way, when I finally put the clear coat, it'll be the level of lightness I want.
1: Now, see, I would do those the same way I did those dungeon tiles. Is I would I would uh, prime in black, mm-hmm. and then I would do because you can't re, you can't use a wash on a lot of three D printed parts mm-hmm. because it'll just highlight the layer lines. Mm-hmm. So I would do my base coat dark, and then two dry brushings of lighter colors to, for for the wood, and then done.
0: Yeah, see that. See, that's a, that's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Done
1: like those dungeon tiles. I I think I painted. Probably half of them in a single afternoon. But, you know, it's how much work do you want to put into it for your game?
0: Yeah. 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 Like, I'm, I'm, I also like, just because of just my particular nature, I'm just like, I, rush. I can, I can, wait, wait.
1: You're your own worst critic. Yeah.
0: No, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad. Um, so I've also seen like a lot of the pieces for like, like, uh, I was just talking about, but like, uh, the Wall of Fire, Wall of Ice, you can buy those now. Yep. Um, I, what I do really like are spell templates. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I don't have a set. I really want a set. I really need a set. But just like your standard five foot cube, 20 foot cube, 20 foot cone, 30 foot cone. Because yep. uh, those just kind of make the whole ordeal a little easier. Because, you know, when you look at a mat and you're like, okay, so these squares are like this, I would really rather put my thing up to a figure like, mm, yep, I would angle it. Yep. Got those it's usually guys.
1: just a sheet of transparency, too, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like the different the ones. Like, I would just light them in general. Just so, like, you know, oh, I have this spear of fire on the field. I just place the little s- circle it on the thing and just let it do its thing.
1: Hey, you I'm, can just buy sheets of transparency. And then if you got a laser printer, you're good yeah,
0: to go. Well, yeah, that, that's true. I'm just not, yeah, I don't have any of that.
1: Oh. Hell, I think you can do it at Staples. Mm. All of my paper printing I do at Staples cuz printer ink is expensive. Yeah. So,
0: uh let's talk about your um so cuz you 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 get the the you buy like you buy and find the uh the maps, the big maps. Yeah. And you put the plastic on. So like what what, what when did you start like uh doing that? Like where do you what do you
1: Um well, a lot of them uh there's a lot of guys on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh Tom Cartos is one. Mhm. Uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and they create these maps, and they're they're technically, they're for um, like a virtual tabletop environment. Uh-huh. But it's just a large image file. Uh-huh. And then you could take it to somewhere like... um
0: Like a print shop. Like
1: a print shop. You know, I go to, what is it, McGadkey or McGeeCad or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And, you know, I get them printed out there, and then I'll just put them down on the table, and I'll put a sheet of plexiglass on top that way so that can, we can write on it. That like we can it. write over the top. You know, and then, God forbid, if somebody spills something at the table and stuff, it's protected. Um, but you know, I mean, getting the map printed is yeah. six or $7 so, and then a sheet of plexi is 30 bucks, but you can reuse it forever.
0: Yeah. So, uh, let me ask you this. Um, so how many, how many, like do you, so, cause you don't buy one for every session. No. So do you just, is it just like important areas, uh, key areas?
1: If it's somewhere, yeah. If, if there's going to be like,
0: uh, like a good scene there, like
1: a really good. Like or a really important fight, you know, or um, in the last campaign, we did the uh, the manor house at the very beginning in Peacewood. Yeah, you guys were there. It was a big fight with you guys and the bandits, and it was important from a narrative perspective. Right, because it, it
0: was the hometown that was being invaded yeah. that we were trying to. So save. if it
1: was something that's really going to have an impact, I like to have that visual aid there.
0: Because mm-hmm. it, 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 I mean, it's really nice to have, though, you yeah. know, and. Like you had it like where so once we were done with one floor, you just pulled it out and we was oh okay this is the next yeah, floor down. That was
1: like four maps I think because it was four mm-hmm. floors. But then like if you're just traveling and you come across a, a random encounter in the woods, like I'll whip out the chess X mat. Yeah, you know. So I, I try I try to save the maps, the the specific maps for important stuff. Mm-hmm. There was um uh, there was that Aztec uh, pyramid. Yeah, I that love that used. pyramid. Yeah. Oh yeah, um that was multi parts too. But you know just things to. I, I think that it engages the players more. Yeah. When they have, especially, and th- and that's when you want them the most engaged is when you're doing a really important fight or a really important narrative beat that you want to hit.
0: Mm. And, and it kind of puts it, it sets the atmosphere too. Yeah. Yeah, because like when you when you walk in and you look down at the table and you see like a oh, oh, because like you know, uh, I noticed that uh, even like when I draw it out, like uh, I I've done it before where I have drawn out a dungeon. Mm-hmm. And what I done was on a grid paper. I have I draw out the barriers of the of the mat. Right. Mm. So for every one square on the map, there's one square, and I've drawn out the border. So I know how much I can fit I on have the page. a whole
1: notebook like that. That and, I've done that in.
0: Yeah. So I know how much to fit on the page, and I've drawn out a whole dungeon, and like I'll have it like covered with something, and like you know I'll get ready. Like, okay, guys, we're gonna play. You start off in the corner, and I'll shift the papers, and they're like, oh. Yeah, oh. the fog of war. Yeah, yeah they're kind of like, you know, and it, it, it adds a little bit of suspense, you know. When it's more, when you know that there's more there, it kind of gets your players kind of like a little bit more attentive. They're a little bit yep. more on edge when they know, oh, something is here. Or like when they came in to sit down, uh, the day I when I, when, I borrowed, when I had your tiles, and I had it built sitting on the table ready, but I had it covered, mm. and they're like, okay, so you enter the dungeon, and I lifted it up, and they were like, Holy crap, this is about to get <laughs> real! And I'm like, and I put them in, and I'm like, all right, guys, line up. And you know, and once we got it, it kind of stuff like that also adds to a little flair. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's a like sometimes how we DMs get our kicks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. moments
1: you go for a reaction, yeah, those moments and get that rocks off, you know, and with maps and everything. it's important though that you don't try to use it as a crutch, you know, you don't want to, yeah, I need to design an encounter in in a manor house because i found a really cool manor house map
0: yeah yeah you know yeah like
1: oh i found this thing i really want to use it how can i work it into my game now sometimes that's good for creativity yeah you know like i have that i think there's a difference
0: for when like it sparks creativity and then when you're just like i have to do this thing because i have it yeah um uh, i'm trying to think how i want to word this without sounding like a tool um okay so as a DM,
1: just take the risk, man. Uh so it's your a, show.
0: no, right, right.
1: Thanks. They don't like it. They don't have to listen.
0: Well, no. Please listen. Continue to listen. <laughs> you almost lost that coffee. <laughs> Love me, please. <laughs> Notice me. Uh, no, but um, what what I was gonna say is uh, as a as a DM, uh, like a lot of people. I've been asked this about thinking on the fly, right? Like it's, it's one of those things, like, uh, I'll, I'll do a session and then like a guy who's going to run is like, yeah, so what do you do when we planned on that? Did you have that plan? I'm like, well, no, I just kind of went with it. And you know, that's when it's good to have the kind of resources that helps you operate outside. That's when the, of the mind is useful. That's when having a chess is max is useful. You know, it's cool that you have all this, the map out. But like you said, if we went somewhere else first, you had the Chessick Mac just in case. Oh, yeah. So if we went, well, hold on. Before we go in there, we want to go into this building real fast and yada, yada, yada. Okay. And then you can draw it out. Um, you just, you know, it's, but it's one of those things that just comes with time. Yeah. You know, and don't feel like because you bought this figure, you have to use it. I mean, because a time will come. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you'll, you'll get an opportunity to use all your cool toys. Uh, and I know how it is. Like, when you get something new, you're just like, mm, mm, I got to.
1: I can't wait to throw this at my players.
0: Right, I want to put this on the board. But, man, he did level two,
1: bro. Like, you can't you That's can't how you put accidentally this... <laughs> wind up one-shotting half the party. Yeah, you can't, you can't
0: drop this big monster demon with a breath that turns your players to it dust. Was <laughs> it was
1: one time. It was one time an accident
0: it was hilarious i'm i'm sorry i'm you sorry guys okay were,
1: you guys were nuking stuff like three times your level okay said, you know okay, what you know what we're, we're,
0: we're gonna we're okay. gonna we're gonna <laughs> go on this tangent I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna tell this story because i can so here, here's the deal um so we're playing in chris's pathfinder campaign and we are situationally beating tough fights that that's how i felt as a as as the player i felt like Things were just in our, we did things that like put Like
1: silencing a caster so he can't use anything.
0: Right, you know, who didn't have medic magic. If he was a sorcerer, we'd have been screwed. But he wasn't, unfortunately. So, like, we had been beating monsters, essentially, that were out of our scope, right? So,
1: and CR sucks, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, CR is, like, bogus. But anyway, so, uh, you know, he's like, all right, so, I, you know, you guys have been, you know, dealing with all this other powerful stuff, so here we go. Here's you know, a
1: CR eighteen demon,
0: but the thing is, you know, we were not prepared for for this battle. So we're in a church, and this like this this, this demon uh, is summoned, right? And he's summoned, and all I know is I see the piece on the board, and I'm like, mm, he's a big boy.
1: And, and to circle back real quick into what we're talking about as far as uh, supplies and stuff, it was a paper mini. Of a Baron from Hell from Doom.
0: Yeah. That I yeah. used
1: the Baron from Hell or the Baron of Hell sprite for for this thing. So go ahead. Yeah, you printed
0: it out and he had the little
1: base and he mm-hmm. was Yeah. Little paper so, mini.
0: So I mean, but he was standing there and I was looking like, mm, so we're in uh the church, uh, which was the little mat you had on the on the bottom with the with the plastic over it, and like, uh so Uh, it's summoned, and, like, I go behind a pillar. I pop a shot, and I go behind a pillar, because I'm starting to, like, do skill rolls. Like, what is this? How does it work? (laughs) What does it do? Tell me about this creature. And, uh... Oh, the our freaking Magus, he ducks behind something. No no, he was just too far away. He was firing from afar. Yeah. And for some reason our archer was close and our scald was close and he's like, yeah, he has like a since we he not like a breath. He almost yeah. had like he had like a breath An acid th- breath weapon. He had like a uh, well, it was more well, like a disintegrate something it was, like that. It was more like a disintegrate breath. Yeah, that's a thing. And he just breathed it on them and I'm like, this much damage. And I was like, woo.
1: As a GM, I rolled for damage and then went, "Oh, Oh,
0: oh shit! <laughs> and they're like this much damage, and like other person is like, "I'm dead, I'm dead." Uh, they're like, "Oh, I'm knocked no," because we thought they were just knocked out. So we're like, "Oh, I'm knocked out, I'm knocked out." They weren't knocked out. They were so enemies. so uh, I'm like, "Oh, well, if you're knocked out, my follower can can heal you. We're okay." And then you're just reading, and the look on his face—he's reading. And he was just like, "Huh." like his face was just like,
1: what? At that moment, he knew.
0: And, and then, like, <laughs> I think the description was something like, when this attack reduces the person to zero, it disintegrates their body and all of their items on them turn to dust. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> you just disintegrated two people. In one shot. In one attack. I am like, that's crazy. But the thing was... Funny enough, like, he also had, like, a a DR. He had, like, resistance and reduction that was really high. Yeah. Because, like, I I think I like we shot him with a a magic round first. I was like, oh, my God. He didn't take, like, any of that damage. So we get the heck out of Dodge. But it did spawn a really cool.
1: Yeah, really cool side adventure.
0: It did did really spawn, like, a little comeback thing that was really awesome. And uh, just so you know, if you're fighting a demon and you use Daybreak ammo, it ignores resistance. Fun fact. Daybreak ammo.
1: And Gatling guns. Incredibly effective against demons, apparently.
0: Yes. Also, Gatling guns. Uh, In the words of uh, Magnificent Seven, the devil's breath. (laughs) (laughs) That's also super effective. We
1: just confused 90% of the audience. Yeah. 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 So, no. No. I I, I
0: literally. uh, Okay. I casted Daybreak Ammo on an on a ammo thing of uh, Gatling gun rounds and then would fire them into the creature. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I this mean, was,
1: This was like the next day in-game? Yeah.
0: I, think. I felt, uh, after we rallied the city to help us. Yeah. yeah. Which was actually, that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Like, he was stuck in there, and I was like, listen, we, so we had the, the local clerics, the paladins. We um, dimensional anchored him so he couldn't leave, and then we made sure the portal would be sealed, and we just, it was a... Like I said, it, it was crazy, but it did spawn a really cool moment.
1: Which, and, and the other players wound up coming back. Yeah. Or the and, other then, characters, and then remember,
0: right? uh, just going back to props, when we did that, we drew out the front of the church mm-hmm. and then we put up, we drew out all the buildings and we had little elevations for them so we knew where we each other were. And man, it was it, yeah. like we just kind of went for
1: it. Yeah. And, and that was a thing where you were, you were setting up an ambush in front of the church. For when you finally drop the thing, so it could come out. Yeah,
0: which, which which those kind of times is a time where you can definitely like if you know you guys are going to do an ambush in front of a church, and then you find an like a front of a church, then yeah, I go. Think we f- drew that out. Yeah, the we inside did. Inside
1: the, the inside of the church, I had a map.
0: Yeah, for. and then we like, but you know, but it's those kind of instances that give you opportunities to use that kind of stuff because yeah. that that's fun. That's that's cool, yeah. and it gives it like a little. Now I have three D printed play.
1: churches to use for that.
0: Oh. <laughs> I was just about to ask you but the abbey my abbey man Abby. I'm just all right I'm just saying yo I don't know what everyone else was doing my character was establishing himself bro
1: that abbey was going to be your guild headquarters yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah the whitewood abbey from uh, uh what is it infinite dimensions games
0: yeah that thing is that thing is attractive
1: uh they just finished their second kickstarter so now I have a whole town from them I'm just waiting on the files
0: Oh my goodness, that's gonna be! So I need big.
1: like four more printers.
0: <laughs> His so. whole house—he's gonna have a house that's just like one of the rooms is gonna be like a hundred degrees. Yeah, just a bunch of stuff going off. Oh it. my god, he's gonna have just big ice trays with fans, <laughs> just blowing cold
1: air. I'm just gonna print all winter to keep my house warm, and mm-hmm. then I'm just I'm gonna paint all summer.
0: Ah, <laughs> that's how it works. Ah, I see, I see, I see, so, I see. I see. I uh, he has tech. He has tech moves. Yep. So, um. Guys, I hope I hope you enjoyed our little talk about props. And this is just ranting off, having a good time. Chris, it was really good having you back, man.
1: Thanks, man. I'll yeah. I'll be back for when you talk about Pathfinder. So you yeah,
0: yeah, guys- yeah. And we're gonna and we're gonna invite another guest when we start doing the uh, the printing stuff. Because here's the thing: I know nothing about printing. You guys do, so I'm gonna have some questions for you guys. so You can help Rich. other people.
1: Richard knows leaps and bounds more than I do. Yes, I will freely admit that that he knows more about it than.
0: Yeah, me. Richard gets it in. Yeah, like everything I've gotten from him has been amazing. But definitely, we're gonna get yeah. super into that.
1: So I'll be here for that one, and then I'll be here to make sure you guys don't talk too much junk about Pathfinder.
0: Well, no. <laughs> Chris, you're the first DM who left a positive impression on me Aww, about Pathfinder. See?
1: There's that little ego boost I came here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> all my other DMs and parties were trash. Not saying my party was super great. But the DM was great. Okay. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, I'm done talking trash. You're
1: going you're gonna to get I can me in ba-
0: trouble. Dude, I can bash that party all day long.
1: Please. Oh, God. I'm no, just
0: saying. No, here's the thing. I've been starting to do this. They might
1: listen to the show. I don't care.
0: So, anyway. So, like, I've been like, so I did it before, but I did one where it was just me telling a story, mm-hmm. a story time thing of yeah. a bad. Yeah. No, no. Their story is coming. Oh trust me
1: i want to be a fly in the wall for
0: that one um, trust me because i am telling you uh i got some i got some bad D stories uh, I, I got a few i got a few all
1: right hold on
0: actually we have a few minutes i'm gonna do one okay okay all right. all right
1: all right which one which one are we
0: doing no no i'm gonna do one you i'm gonna do one from a guy you didn't know about oh okay. so that way it's uh no no oh, okay. no 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 the oh. that game gets its own episode oh
1: we're not okay
0: that game gets its own I got a couple from that game, too. <laughs> and I ran that damn game. <laughs> I'm going to do the freaking Law and Order thing again. Dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this is actually... Uh, this story is called Don't Touch That Crystal. <laughs> okay. Put so, that thing
1: back where it came from, or so help me.
0: Put the thing back where it came All right. So, uh, Don't Touch That Crystal is uh, essentially... Um, when we first started playing at the guild... Uh, I was running like random, like homebrew type games and, you know, really didn't know a lot of people there, but it was our D and D community was first building. Right. So this is like the first time I met Nick. I was, I was like, Nick, had only met Nick for like two weeks. I didn't
1: know about the guild until you told me about it at that convention.
0: Yeah. Um, like Christian, all those guys, I'm just meeting them. I'm like, do you guys have a D and D day? And like Tom and I'm like, no, I'm like, how about Wednesday? And they're like, sure. And you know, so I'm not saying I started, it, but I kind of did. <laughs> I birthed the community. Uh, so, anyway, I'm a river to my people. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm so bad. All right, so um, we're starting the game. And uh, when I start running, uh, more people get interested in playing. My group swells out of nowhere.
1: Didn't you have a group running like 10, 10 players at a time or something? Dude,
0: like my group, like the first uh, week I did it, I had four players, then I had six. Then I had 10. Oh my god. By the sixth or seventh week, when people were like, oh yeah, people playing DD Wednesday. I mean, I sat down to my table and then I looked and all of my players had put four tables together. And I'm like, whoa. No, I can't do this many. We're gonna have to start breaking this up a bit. So there was another guy who, funny enough, uh was super into Pathfinder, uh, Anthony. And he was like, all right, I'll, I'll take this group and I'll start running Pathfinder. So then they were running Pathfinder while I was running a weird thing. Okay. amalgamation of two different systems together. Been there. Yeah, so I was running that. And uh, uh, we finished my game and Anthony moved away. So their group didn't have a DM anymore. And they were just like, what are we going to do? Uh, this other bad player was going to be a DM. And I rest... <laughs> So I decided I went over there to run for them, and then Nick took over and ran for the group I was in. So I was like, okay, guys, we're going to... I don't know Pathfinder, so we're going to have to play 5e. They were like, okay, we don't mind. And so we're running a campaign that I've ran before. I've never finished a campaign, but I've ran it before. I know people who've had that thing before. So,
1: I mean, that's what I'm doing now. I'm reusing another campaign. Yeah.
0: So in this uh, this game, um, essentially, like... uh, most of the race's history is only, like, a few hundred years old because there was, like, a moment in time where they're all thinking races were dominated by these creatures. Like, almost like in Slate. And then, like, an uprising came. Okay. And then the leader of the uprising became, like, essentially, like, the emperor of the continent. And then when his line died out, everyone divided up again. Okay. But, you know, so... So like I mentioned it like, yeah, they were like, well, what about ancient dragons? You don't see them. You see young dragons. You see adults now, but you don't see any big, big boys because this race would have had to get rid of them too because they would have just challenged their reign like everything else would have. So they go to a, a, a hill, like a hill area, and they fall essentially because of a battle and a big monster. Like It was like four or something fireballs exploded in this area. And so I essentially had them fall like through the hill
1: like into a cavern.
0: Well, no, into the top of a keep. Oh. So like it was it was buried under uh, Okay. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. on, the, on the fighting and the stuff. So they fell down and inside the courtyard of this keep there's this giant rotating ruby. It's monstrous, right? So, this whole keep, while they're moving through it, like, has, like, this magic going on that shows, like, the night it was destroyed. So, they're seeing, like, kind of, like, the ghost, like, role play.
1: The oh, thing. so they're seeing, like, the echoes of the past. Right. Okay. So, like,
0: when they go in a room, they see the event. And so, they're, like, running and following the story. Like, well, what happened here? And what happened here? And so, uh, then um, they, they they hear, like, someone's like, no. And then the dragon, like, the, like when the creatures who were dominating attacked, And then... Uh, They heard, well, well, no, we have this great red, the great red on our side. And then they go to the courtyard to see what happens to the great red. And instead they see this giant crystal. So obvious it's floating, it's rotating, it's shining. So it must
1: be worth a lot of money. I want it.
0: Right. Well, no, here's the thing. So like uh, we had, we had like a sorcerer and a wizard in the party. So they both go, wait, let's figure out what's going on first. So they're rolling their rolls, and they're doing their arcanas, and I'm and I'm describing like what they see. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you've heard about these in Hells. It's what's called a soul gem. It contains the soul of a creature. Oh. And they're like, well, why is this so big? I'm like, it responds to the strength of the creature that has been encased. But it's like a prison. But it's like a one-way prison. Like, one thing can go out, but something has to go in. And he's like, and they're like, oh, okay, so you mean, like, technically something could let it out by going in I'm like yeah yeah something like that could happen and then one I was like oh man I grab the pretty red crystal you have an intelligence of 14 my dude
1: <laughs> like you should know better
0: yeah so he goes in the crystal
1: dragon comes out
0: the great red comes out of the crystal great red's law he's lawful evil like I had rolled his alignment he's lawful yeah. evil so he's kind of looking around at them hmm you guys did help me out. And then here comes another guy. And then the the one player, I felt like his whole purpose was just to cause problems.
1: Oh, I know that guy.
0: And he demands the dragon uh, go back into the crystal and release his comrade. <laughs> and I, I'm looking and like I know they're all kind of new to D&D. Uh, and I'm, so I, I, I kind of like above board, like, Hey guys, do you guys realize how strong this creature is? Some people like, well, yeah, I mean, he's a dragon. I'm like, no, you guys fought a young dragon. He's, he's this big. This is a colossal red dragon. He's, he's monstrous. And so like, that's like my hint above board and nah, he just runs in and he attacks him. And so I'm like, what do you, what do you want me to do? crunch like yeah i'm like well so like the way he attacked him was like kind of off to the side i'm like okay well i can do this without doing i'm like yeah he, he he does his breath attack i take the average he does like 98 damage to you by taking half i can just take half instead of rolling it's in the book i took half at 98 damage what's your hp 45 yeah you're dead (laughs) <laughs> Over your HP, you... Did you bur- order original or extra crispy? Like, he, like it just... Um, so, I just go... Yeah, so I describe his character being melted by, like, a napalm-like breath. And afterwards, the dragon just looks to them. and They're like, we weren't with him. And then the... So, here's the thing.
1: <laughs> that, that was the thing in my camera. I've never even seen these assholes before.
0: <laughs> so, so right. So, obviously, like, the dragon... The dragon uh, goes off and then the guy who touched the crystal goes uh, so when does my character get out
1: what uh, no nope.
0: when when no he doesn't get to come out he, no he's gone it's over make a new character what my character's not dead might as well be he might as well be I'm like and they're like well, well, well like how long do we have I'm like well time doesn't really work the same in that thing I'm like, the Colossal Red could do it because his his years aren't like normal years. You don't know how this is going to affect a human. Well, wh- what do we think is a ritual? I'm like, you really, you know what? For argument's sake. So I had a, a thing that like make a magical ritual, so I just randomized it. All right, so you're going to need to find two tears of a mermaid. Oh du- du- my du- God. And it was like, you need all of these things to break this. And they're like, yeah, he's just writing a new character. And he was really mad that his character was gone. And I was like why'd you touch the crystal stupid hurts man dude it was oh, i was so bad okay so i hope you enjoyed our, our episode like once again chris thanks for coming out so we had the uh black rifles coffee uh not the black beard but the just black version uh with uh that uh sweet cream
1: italian sweet cream
0: the italian sweet cream so what do you what do you think man
1: uh i'd have to say like a 15 i thought it was a little too sweet you know i don't i don't I mean, it is don't it is it is
0: it is very sweet um i'm really glad uh last time i had it with another uh brand i put two like a like a spoon and a half full of sugar and i regretted life this time i just did like almost one made it so much better for me
1: i feel like this would make a really good iced coffee yeah
0: i may try that actually
1: yeah. Yeah, like we just ma- that creamer itself would make a really good iced coffee.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to give that a go. Yeah. But I'm going to definitely give mine a solid 17. So there you have it. Continue to listen. Continue to share. And remember, guys, the quest never ends.
1: Until you're trapped in a crystal.
0: Until you touch a red crystal <laughs> like an idiot. Why?
1: It's glowing
0: red. Oh, the wizard says it's a prison. I better go grab it with two hands. Dumbass. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like us, please follow us on Facebook at the DMworld at nine zero two nine. Or you can follow us on Twitter at DMworld nine zero two nine. Thanks for your support, guys. Keep listening. And remember, once again, the quest never ends.